0: welcome to the mojo mecca we are a media wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth inspired to live in a mindful health-filled way humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily ritual in love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of merger. Thank you all for coming again to this beautiful podcast. I just want to let everyone know um, that we've just started doing weekly women's circles through the Mojo Mecca app. So if you want more information on that, you can download the app for free now um, and you'll receive the call link. Um, we had a beautiful first circle last week and just feeling really strongly called to continue them and to develop um, a continuous deepening into this um, this circle work. Um, it's just kind of come quite... Naturally, and I feel really inspired to, um, yeah, for us all to meet each week and have different topics, and you know, have space for a conversation and connection and meditation. Um, so yeah, download my Jamaica app, and you can find out more about that. Um, and I'm going to be doing an offer soon, um, once our monthly subscription fee kicks in, where you can receive um a mentoring session with me um kind of a creative art therapy style mentoring session um and also a guided meditation for the price of the yearly membership which will be only about fifty dollars so that'll be kind of the exchange for that if you would like to join for the yearly membership but that's not for a few more weeks so if you want to try it out now Um, and just see, you know, if you like the app and you resonate with it. um, uh, Yeah, and then you can decide from there once we um, kick in the subscriptions. But yeah, go in and and try it out and just see how it feels for you. Okay, so this conversation is with an amazing friend of mine called Mason Taylor. Um, I'm sure you probably have heard of his brand before super feast i guess it's a brand it's kind of a an entire kind of ethos around um, working with tonic herbs um, and you know powerful plants uh, that can support us in in many different areas and he he definitely fuses the worlds of um, Taoism with i guess kind of you know, just, just bringing them to us in, in kind of more Western cultures so we can, um, you know, are, are able to have experiences with these powerful plants. And, and he formulates them into really special blends that, um, you know, have focuses on different areas of the body, um, different organs and different energy systems. And we, we get more into that within this conversation and talk about the chi, the shen and the jing and you know their various functions within our body. But a lot of what we speak about is actually more so around um, just some of the mental dangers of wellness ideologies and basically how we tend to define ourselves as certain things or might get swept up in in that sort of um, mentality and I mean personally um, you know I've I've definitely seen qualities of you know superiority rigidity and you know aspects of kind of being against the thing that you're not doing you know being against the other that's not following a a particular thing that you are Um, and so we just kind of talk about how that can affect people and, and make them quite um Perceive life from quite a narrow lens, um, especially if they 're promoting themselves um, you know their diets or their modalities as as being some sort of teacher or <laughs> influencer um so we kind of dig deep into that, and also just what health and wellness actually mean, and you know how much they have been just kind of thrown around in this modern cult- culture of um, yeah, just trying to be well. Um, they kind of have lost the depth of their meaning in, in some aspects. And, um, yeah, so we, we flow into talking about the powerful potential of ripping off the bandaid, <laughs> um, in terms of like health terminology, your own ideologies around health or labels that you might put on yourself and, and just really, coming back into that inherent instinctual knowingness when it is time to expand your lens of, of what wellness or health or diet is for you and just allowing yourself to have that, that opening and, um, being willing to try that, um, you know, going beyond what you think that you are basically, um, and understanding that you are an ever evolving being, um, yeah he chats about the importance of examining and engaging with the opposite so basically just opening our minds up all the time to alternate views and not getting too rigid like we said in in one particular lens and being able to see people's perspectives and and you know while you while you may not necessarily agree just um you know having that perspective there as a kind of um opposition to yours is just really healthy to kind of create that balance and um yeah just prevents you from kind of only having one lens so yeah a lot of it's about um just really discovering what our authentic health pillars are too and just building a temple within our body and mind and spirit that is okay with perpetual contradictions and change um, and able to change gears when needed And the many archetypes too that come into play within our relationship to health, wellness and longevity. He talks about the kind of different um, aspects of the thinker, the lover, the ancestor and the celebrator and how all of those energies are important when we're engaging with health and with wellness. We talk about the Taoist treasures of Jing, Qi and Shen and how they um, move through our bodies and how that we can cultivate more of them. And he has some beautiful blends um, all focused on on those three treasures. And we flow into talking a little bit about um, moving away from that kind of diagnosis to cure model. Um, and especially for him as kind of the face of Superfeast, just how he navigates um receiving you know questions or um people coming to him with with particular things and and just really having to not um claim to be curing anything and just navigating the more kind of you know um Taoist path which is full of kind of nuances and and contradictions too as in like this might work for you this week but it might not work for you next week and that's just a model that I think we should all be adopting a lot more of instead of kind of this is good for this and you should take this once a day for the next month and you'll have this result. So it's kind of um, moving away from that and just like like I've said, just kind of coming back again and again to your inherent instincts on on when to take things, when to stop taking things, when to switch it up when to strip back. Um, so I'll, I'll let him dive in with you. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to share this conversation and to continue this conversation too, because it's, it's one that I personally need to continue to r- remind myself of when I get rigid and um, stuck in, you know, different ideological thinkings. And so yeah, I hope you really enjoy it and receive a lot from it.
1: My name's Mason Taylor. So I'm living in, up in South Golden Beach at the moment, just north of Byron. Been up here for um, six years. Grew up in Sydney. You know, started doing markets um, uh, up in the northern beaches of Sydney. Talking to hundreds and hundreds of people over those three and a half years. I was there. Just started really developing and you know, hearing what people, um, you know, were needing and wanting, and how to not approach, you know, assisting people through through herbs, for, rather than going from like fixing symptoms, jumping on the front foot feeling what their health intention was for building a culture for them and their kids and so on and so forth. And so from there, I started developing the philosophy and the apothecary of Superfeast. And then that's just grown in a very healthy um, little business that we've got with like amazing people, able to do it, you know, with that still grassroots feeling, you know, no investors or anything like that, just us in doing the the sourcing in a way that is good for us sleeping at night but not as good for being able to like explode with growth which we kind of enjoy nice slow and steady so we've stuck true to you know going beyond that organic model and just going small batch farmers de farming in the, the growing you know and sourcing the herbs either farmed or wild from the exact same place that they were mentioned in the first materia medica from 2000 years ago from the shen nong divine farmers materia medica Getting the seed or the spore from that exact place in that exact province, in that exact microclimate, growing it there, and showing that the um, the land is going to be good for generations and generations. So that's alive and well in China, always has been. Um, so it, it's been nice having Superfeast being a place to help preserve that real, um, you know, you know, just that real dragon medicine, right? And you know, the people that are actually still tapped into that land of the dragon, rather than you know, those that have, you know, colonized themselves, you know, there's been a, you know, there's always a big split. There's a big split like um, 400 AD is when the classics start really describing the difference between a herbalist that refers to a herb as a drug and those that continue to understand it in its yin-yang qualities, right? And so those that refer to it as drugs, they're like, well, we'll just grow the herbs closer to the hospitals. It's better economically. And then there's those that go, no, don't you realize it needs, you know, it needs this yin-yang quality and it needs like this you know to be most potent it needs to be in this kind of atmosphere so that it has this flavor profile so that it penetrates the organs so we can maintain harmony and so Superfeast is really and and myself as well we're really on that bend of reminding people that classical chinese medicine daoist medicine has an intent around harmony symptoms will point to what's going on in in something being um disrupted in the transformation cycle as yin and yang energy moves through the five wuxing organs we roughly talk about as being the, the, the elements, right? So, you know, we, but it's important if you are studying Chinese medicine to not layer over Western anatomy and Western pathology and symptomology. So if you are going and you if you are, if you are having, um, you know, dampness and such, um, if you are getting diabetes treated, through acupuncture and these kinds of things, you know, what you're actually studying, what, if you, if you're studying with someone that hasn't gone after their university studies, whether it's in China or Australia or wherever and gone and done their own study based on the classics, then you are practicing this new kind of like um, it's only false because it's a masquerading Chinese medicine. It's masquerading as, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, but it was in, that was created in the fifties by Mao Zedong and his, lackeys right so mm. you know this is like the colonization of chinese medicine occurred and that's why everyone who was practicing the Taoists and classical arts which is based on yin yang and wuxing right so it's literally all we're coming back to is where's the disruption in the transformation cycle in the um in the, those those, in those elements in, internally from fire to soil to metal, to water, to wood, to fire, and so on and so on and so forth. Now that still exists in that new traditional Chinese medicine, but it's just ornamental. They'll still go and focus on symptomology, and it's still treated in this um, in this sense that it's like, like it's an ornamental medicine, and it's um, there's patronizing energy of you know of Western medicine even in China towards this little you know this oh you know this little traditional kind of medicine and so you know there's you know whereas it it's it's powerful and it has elements of spirit and it has elements of like what's the you know what's the virtuous expression of the liver wood and you know the fire inside of us when the cheese flowing and transformation between yin yang is occurring so that we can you know continue to develop our Shen or exercise the will to live, right? And so what happened is they've gone and cut the spirit out because it's too much. You can't, you can feel that or you don't, and you need to be living in a certain way and on the path, you know, as, as you know, and, you know, living, you know, basically walking your talk and working, you know, walking in whatever, you know, whatever integrity looks like for for you, but, you know, developing yourself psychologically, you know, looking down the line of tightening up and, you know, sharpening your capacity to be a really beautiful human over a decades and decades and decades, period. That's not a commodity. You can't put that into a university and teach that in four years with one year of residency. Because if you don't have the right intention, it's like, uh -uh, well, you know, you've got, you don't have the intent, you can't, you can't, you're not an appropriate person to be a healer, and so that's not when you when you've got an empire, right? That's not acceptable. So you need to be able to cookie cut um, practitioners, and so that's why they've blended Western medicine into Chinese medicine, but they've kept all the you know all the kind of cool you know damp and wind damage and you know all you know and the acupuncture and all that. But as soon as it gets to the point of like kidney failure, they're like, oh, you know, we're you know nah, we're taking this over to like surgery you know you take you take it over to you know um, organ you know just um basically chopping out organs and putting new ones in and they've Mm. got cardiology departments and all that kind of stuff so um, just so everyone knows like that's like kind of one of the top things we're doing at super feast at the moment is just trying to burst that bubble and that patronizing energy towards classic um chinese medicine and just be very aware of that that that's that sneakiness and that masquerading and what we practice is even more, you know, more so like a folk medicine of Taoist herbalism, which is just kind of like, you know, the herbs that they have been identified as those which um, they've got medicinal actions, but generally they're going to do some good. And if they're not going to be doing some good, it's not going to be so severe. You can notice it. It doesn't take, you need to apply some intent and some intelligence, Right. It's like, that's what's the, that shits me about everyone jumping on this um, adaptogen and now tonic herb bandwagon, because it's been years and years, all of a sudden everyone's like, it's great. Everyone's like coming aware of tonic herbs now. So now we see all the two minute noodle companies coming up, which is like, I actually, I actually, you know, one of the the key things, like I have fun taking the piss out of myself and and the community, but it is um, one of the core things that I've learned in, in business is to, it's hard, but to really, you know, look at everyone who's doing what you're doing and jumping on the bandwagons as colleagues and conduct yourself in a way that when you, you know, when you eventually move out of your, out of your, you know, this business or you retire from this business, that you can look at yourself and the energy that you conducted looking at people who were, you know, maybe poo-pooing your product out there, people you know were being like, sleazy people you know that are kind of like in it for a good buck people who you know are just better than you at particular areas and you look at them if you can feel a freedom when you look at all of them and the way you relate to it and you've still got a capacity for joy to rise up when you are holding those things in your field really good way to go about it you know i know a lot of people listening would be either you know have businesses wanting to start one or working in companies where they've actually got a connection to them you know sometimes it's been like two years really training and, and seeding in for the staff and you know for the crew and myself to to take that approach to acknowledge the charge when there's other you know other companies or when there's people questioning your integrity, so on and so forth you know just like okay. Catch it. Remember that there's plenty for everyone, and that we actually are a community. You know, and but practically, you don't just put like you know roses on a piece of shit. You need to engage. You need to be able to have conversations with your colleagues if you feel things are out of line. But feel really free in, in, in doing that. I'll just kind of I, I'll just seed that in there because it's we you know we are still like you know importing these eastern herbs and this eastern philosophy over into the west, and so then the risk there is for that to become commodified. Yeah. And so if the core thing of what I'm like I am, I have commodified it, you know, and I'm, the, you know, I, part of my intent, I didn't really care about this in the beginning. I was just doing what I liked. But then, You know, when my mom had an aneurysm nearly 10 years ago, all of a sudden it got real for me and I wanted to make sure that there was the financial bolstering for her when we got to the future. So that's, that's there. I'm a practical person. And a shade of me is a albeit unconventional, but a businessman, but the, the core philosophy, the reason I bring Taoist tonic herbs to the, the forefront and we educate around that philosophy as well as just offering the herbs, the hashtag adaptogens, Mm. we have to come at it from that angle and we have to walk our talk because otherwise we're no better than those say, you know, the, the, you know, that com communist party in that, you know, Mount Zedong lackeys that are like, let's commodify this medicine for our gain and for, you know, for the expansion of, Mm. of our empire and this brand. So that if, if you can't bring that hormone, that, that desire and that, that willingness that emerges from your, your major organs, to stay in harmony and bring that into your business, then you're going to get clipped. If you're working with the herbs, especially, you know, the herbs come through with beautiful teachers, um, you know reflected. In you know they you get on the herbs they have strong intentions and that'll match the strong intentions energetic intentions you have to be in alignment whatever that means for you to grow and evolve and go through your own inner initiations which is uncomfortable so if you're on the herbs um, and you're selling them and you're not walking that path you'll need to you'll either get clipped and you'll really you know they'll they'll be strong teachers and it'll be really um, uncomfortable or you'll have to really callous your heart and go into further of a mental space of, um, you know, Western constant perpetual growth model justification in order to get by. And I doubt that after a decade or two in the business that way, that you're going to be feeling too free and, have the capacity. This is something in the Ayurvedic tradition, when we look at the tonic herbs, the Rasayanas, and one of the intentions of taking those herbs and having that along with all the other practices to keep harmony through our body is to have the capacity for spontaneous joy. And that's something that it's, it's, it's weird and a difficult thing to be looking for when you're growing a business. We've got people here that are relying on us to maintain you know, their salaries, and we're trying to get them better and better and better. And you know, while, you know, we've got like opportunities for growth, if we lower our in- integrity, okay, not doing that looking, you know, okay, diversify in other ways, heaps of people are jumping on the bandwagon, it's getting hectic, everyone's telling you to do this and that or you're going to miss out. Oh, uh, and then you come back, or where's the capacity for spontaneous joy, you can't be too much of a, you know, fearful, timid person, you know, in the way that you conduct business or life, and you can't be a giant asshole ego either. And you find this sweet spot. You're getting over yourself in some ways. You're questioning why you've got an aversion to something and you just, you're, getting, you're engaged. And so that's kind of where I'm at with Superfeast, you know, in terms of anyone wants to know who I am and where I'm at and just, um, yeah, we're doing that at the moment. It's been, it's been nice because I, I've always had the biggest fear of Superfeast. I've always felt it's going to trap be trapped for a long time. We've got Peter Pan syndrome, quite hardcore. And so I, um, but I stuck with it. For many years now and I'm now kind of I've had my period recently where I've been like a little bit like oh, it's getting mundane but then you know all of a sudden transforms we start training internally new natural organism a little bit of a natural hierarchy and structure that's bringing a lot of ease to everyone everyone's life can be even richer working here is emerging and I'm kind of settling a little bit further into educating long-term because I've been able to really um, start expressing other dimensions of myself in other platforms, in other areas, you know, start, there's have you know, finally gotten over myself as been this like, I've been enmeshed with my online or stage persona that needs to hold, you you know, you'd know this feeling, Mm. you know, when you're just like, you know, you just, you start believing the crap that you, you know, you're ideologically attached to. I'm not throwing that at you. We just talked about it earlier. So everyone yeah. <laughs> like, we have a history together. I'm not like you.
2: <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um,
1: and so, yeah, now I'm kind of just like, I'm really just rocking along with my family here, enjoying life in South Golden, starting getting a little bit more into a, um, a comedic part of myself. I've spent so many years with my, you know, been very, very serious around my health and, you know, my stage persona been beginning to get really well regarded and therefore the expectation of conducting yourself in a particular way and, you know, and from me primarily not blaming other people, but, you know, start having these high expectations and you start becoming crusty in your ideology and then you kind of get out of your ideology and then you hold the resentment for the ideology that you had and you need to gain a new, um persona and identity through kicking back from where you came from and blaming that and then you know kind of like you know then the the potential there is if I get into comedy my comedy is about taking swipes and actual genuine hits based on the pain that I have of what I did to myself there in that you know enmeshment in the wellness um in the wellness world and the sickness that gets brewed there when you um you know when you when you lose yourself and you stay too long in a place where that you should have just moved on from. And that's what we don't have a dialogue for in the organism of those that want to engage with their health is you will start down this route of being, you know, a particular diet particular movement structure or whatever it is, particular cues, particular rules, particular ideological dogma, so on and so forth. And there will be a time when it's time to, you know, you, you pause and you reflect there and you think about what what did you engage and what inspired you the most in terms of a value of that, you know, that space that you'd entered through your, you know, through your particular yogic practice, the spiritual practice, your, um, you know, your, your veganism for me, like raw foodism, you know, my, my searching for immortality, you know, and most people will feel like a failure or they'll hang on to that veganism or that carnivorism or whatever it is, because you're a failure. And then that pops and you, you know, you nearly, you get yourself sick or, you know, or you realize you just can't deny the fact because another, you know, you've got like many different ways of thinking. You've got many different brains, you know, you've got your upper brain, you've got your heart brain, you've got your lower, you know, Dante and then you've got your vagus nerve, which I kind of feel like, these are different ways there's different archetypes in us that like approaching our you know engaging with our health and the development of our culture so life can be rich and you know like have our you know have the capacity for joy and growth and getting uncomfortable without having aversions to it and a lot of the time people are going to get stuck up the top in the head in logic and and ethics we think and yeah that's an yeah that's what ethics is and then you stay there too long and you get crusty and you get into morality and you get to right wrong and then you stay too long in your veganism and then some people get themselves sick. Some people used to come to the market store with teeth falling out and I'd just be like, I, I don't have anything for you, mate. You're going to have to go go to that pub across the road and get like a crappy steak and a, and a twoies and just start cracking <laughs> through dogma. It's not serving. And then, you know, or, and then people will either through their sickness or through their disappointment in their self that they... Hoodwinked themselves, and they were low-hanging fruit, which we all are going to be. We are all going to be low-hanging fruit at some point. You get one or two turns, and then time to grow up a little bit. But then we can't just let it go and go. Wow! A lot of the time, you know, like I, I couldn't anyway. There's people who have, you know, got a little bit more, maybe emotional intelligence or life experience going into these fanatical um, dives into health But people will then. Become resentful towards that veganism, they'll start creating identity to save other people from their veganism, but there isn't that education around. There will come a time where something will change and that's it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And it will be time to loosen your identi- um, your your you know, your identity, you know, rap- being wrapped up. In that, close the door on that experience and really meditate on what values you really ignited and what you learned was really important, mm-hmm. what shades of you know, you and you, your, your development of your own personal and family culture, like really inspired you. And, um, and then you're going to have to, you know, move on and start developing other shades of who you are and how you approach life. And if you can do that, you get really multidimensional and you have somewhere to go after you've been your low hanging fruit. Because as we were saying beforehand, quite often people will now just rest. They've gone through it. And then they'll just go, all right, I just eat whatever I want now or I just eat for me and I just listen to my body and everybody is different. Yep. That's it. It's like this. So, you are in another justification cycle. You're still trying to explain the way you eat. You're trying to explain away and um, you know, be dominant or stop people from dominating you through, you know, through being able to explain and justify your actions and where you're at. Just stop justifying and describing how you eat for a little bit and can and then just continue it continue to explore. What are the areas, what are the principles are you drawn towards? And as you go through them, you start creating all these different pillars that are somewhat they contradict each other constantly. What was it in that veganism? You get to the other side it was I there like, was this it was this desire for for ethics for some people and sustainability okay and then you 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 can feel into that and all of a sudden you can start you can take away all the um um you know all the propaganda material that you get in those in those communities right in those little cults when you go extreme in them and then you can just start very much feeling that value of your ethical approach to life being what was you know what was there what was present all right what was another shade there while you were in that that kind of that vegan well i tilted towards what I was saying earlier, that immortality kind of conversation, right? What was that value? That's kind of like, for me, that fell into that, you know, that somewhat of a, I don't consider myself a biohacker, but there's that biohacking, you know, longevity intent. That was yeah. me Why I was there in raw foodism eventually bit me in the ass a little <laughs> bit, not too much, but if I could just put, you know, I was able to put it down. You know, what was really important then? So I've got this, these, these pillars, these values of, of these ethical values and then this this value of potentiating my body and then what else comes up oh well i've also got this second like, you know, of this inspiration around what helped me move beyond my veganism was studying like the western price ancestral model now if i try and live that way completely i'm going to be constantly feeling like i'm an, i'm a failure right because that's you know that you, you should that's a a a place where you should be taking out civilization from your life right so that's no passport that's no car (laughs) No. that's and, and if you're an extreme person you know you will you know you will always be a little bit of a failure just trying to do the best you can over in that world but no if you can just sit in there and like what do i actually value eating as close to you know eating as close to an indigenous sovereign diet as is possible and where i am where's the contradiction you're not you're not like you know necessarily you know someone that was like sprouted up here on this land then there's another pillar right extreme localization okay cool extreme localization that kind of fits a little bit in with the ancestral stuff okay but what another part if i go back into myself like from like when i was a teenager there's a there's a nostalgia from you know from you know enjoying um kind of the convenience of living in a civil you know in civilization now convenience an ancestral diet is two things that it can internally interplay with each other that 's all of a sudden we get into some very interesting shades of how to be and how to allow a diet and a culture to emerge and If I can drop into situations and feel those moving in and around each other rather than butting heads, and mm-hmm. so it goes on for me, you know eating in a, Dao- a way you know a Taoist kind of sense with seasonality making the most of the civilization and farming. Um, and making the most of eating for a healthy spleen then you mix in my desire to ensure that you know I'm very inspired by the pillar of ensuring that I'm eating in a way that grows an incredible microbiome and so all of these if I sit in any of these camps all of a sudden I'm becoming I might people might see wow you're really principled and you got really strong principles so you're just going to stay there and and only do that but no you're not because you (sighs) have other values. And principles that are there and are of interest to you mm-hmm. and you won't explore them and integrate them and see what comes out the other side as you allow them to emerge together so question was who am i and that's <laughs> <laughs> in that direction
2: yeah i know and then i think i've heard you speak um, most recently in some posts about like losing that aspect of fun too and the aspect of like actually being able to like have a social life and have flexibility in that sense too, which I think mm. oftentimes a lot of these um, ideologies can can like hinder in a sense because it's, yeah, there's less flexibility there mentally for you to, um, yeah, just have things that maybe aren't, in your certain, you know, within those pillars and they that's fine too. Sometimes, you know, because life is also, there's other dimensions to life too, which we don't have control over or we don't want to have control over, you know, certain, um, you know, whether it's like social stuff, family stuff, you know, you don't want to like, for, yeah, like you were saying from a longevity perspective too, it's like you also are cultivating a lifestyle and relationships and, um, yeah, a social life too. And um, nothing mm-hmm. should uh, hinder other, you know, you know what I'm trying to say, but
1: <laughs> just not losing
2: the fun too.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I call it, you kind of had a really nice way. I call it, you know, becoming batshit boring. People who are externally and ideologically enmeshed um, with something outside of themselves and they don't have you know, the capacity to be mobile inside and have interesting engaged conversation that doesn't come from a place of a charge and defending, you know, I kind of like, I put these posts out there and every now and then I'm like, I'll use veganism as an example as I do Bulletproof and paleo and, you know, but I can use anything. I can use Ashtanga yoga. I can use Catholicism. I can use any anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I could use entrepreneurialism, you know, just like it's, it's, it's literally anything that's going to, you know, it's fun to go into these things and become identified and become an entrepreneur for a while, mm-hmm. become a health coach for a while, but my God, yeah. come out the other end. Because if you stay there, you are going to become a batshit boring person. And that's where I found myself in, in raw foodism. And so that kind of brings us back to these inner archetypes where you've got that logical mind that, you know, it's either data driven or logic driven. Yep. Makes sense. You know, enzymes, we run out of a certain amount of enzymes and so it makes sense not to cook all the enzymes and not to, you know, not to eat over 48.9%. And I can justify that internally. Yep. Makes sense. You know, yep. It makes sense to be a fruitarian. I was in like a talk one time and people are like, you just think about it. You're going along in the jungle you know, back, right back in the day. And you come across a, you know, big bunch of bananas and you'd eat all of those. And this person had a huge following and I'm like, hang on, you're coming across a hybridized modern bunch of bananas thousands of years ago. And this is how you are logically justifying your diet. And I, at that point I was kind of like, that's when my signals were going off and I was just saying, I'm actually quite bored with the way these people talk and the fact that you always. I'm good. I was good at this. You've always got your talking pieces, and you always mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> ready to, you know, ready to the, go. The best, ready to go. The best. <laughs> yeah. The best way, you know, knowing that is, I like if you talk to people who are into buying, I'm um, selling water filters. It, oh uh, my
2: god, the Kangen thing. <laughs> okay, Kangan, like, you know, you
1: tell you. Tell me. You tell me, and I've got an answer for you. <laughs> and, um, the the these archetypes, you know that there's that logical one that everyone gets stuck in you come it's most of the time where it happens and the you know that second that heart that heart brain and that second dantian being the perception organ of the heart you know it's it's probably you know a lot of people the, the a lot of the cool people you find in the wellness world are those who are integrated in these various ways of thinking so this isn't rocket science and i'm not saying you know that no one's discovered this, you know, this is, I'm just kind of like trying to figure out what the path of least resistance back is into being like a person capacity, has a capacity to have fun, be interesting, not be boring as batshit. Right. And so just trying to like figure out for my own sake, I don't think I'm going to create a map or a model that is going to be like appropriate for everyone. I just don't really give a shit to do that. I kind of, that would make me boring as batshit, but I will, I'll, I'll keep on talking about it. Cause I kind of find it really fun for the minute. And it might, continue like as i hear other people talking about it and i'm like yeah that's a really good way of describing it and and there you know via osmosis maybe more and more people in these next waves will come into you know being well like you know going to wellness and having you know been able to see the the path that others have kind of taken you know having more of a dialogue and a maturity so that people don't screw themselves up because people screw themselves up as you know a lot and everyone's like oh you know it's fine they're putting out good information. These influencers and these people, you know, as and I've been there, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't full judgment. This is just like pointing at you with three fingers pointing back at me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you got to be really, you know, for your own sake, it's not even what the damage you're going to do to other people. Although it does occur and I'm not being a wet, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket because I know that feeling as well. Of, like I remember being young and hearing people say that and be like, screw you. I'm like, I'm putting out good information. It's, it's not going to hurt like getting people healthy. And it's like 80% of the time that's true, 20% it's not. And so there needs to be more and more of an awareness and maturity that when you are starting to enter in, you start gaining traction, especially if you're a charismatic person, to just just chickety check yourself. Just really watch yourself and do not take on the persona of being a teacher. I do not believe for a second that you are a you know you are a bloody teacher. You are not yeah. a teacher. Your profession, what is your profession to go down the route of dedicating to a very particular art and studying under one person or studying in an institution for a certain amount of time and then coming out the other side and then teaching that? Or are you going along and learning things and you know, you know, growing out of your immaturity as you go along that thinking that you're, you know, you're like Super cool because you're getting these pops and these insights that you kind of feel like these orgasmic enlightened moments as you go into this honeymoon phase of you feeling good and you start sharing that and people start relating and going oh my god that's so good and that's so inspiring you're like wow I'm such a good teacher and <laughs> that is the that's the dangerous part and so you just everyone if you if you you know if you're five years into this just like shut up just you know if you have something if you if you experience and i'm this is coming from someone that just didn't but was lucky that i was like kind of like i was always a little bit distrusting of myself which is for better or worse that i just didn't i'd always just take my take the piss out of myself that little bit so everyone wouldn't really take it seriously I just kind of mm. a little bit like a you know i always went and studied the opposite so i'd always be like You know what? I might be wrong. It might be that this is the right way to go about it. Mm. I really do recommend you undermine yourself and get get the hell away from these people that are just like, ignore those people that are haters and are throwing any judgment at you. You just go and do you and share it and build your brand. No, that is the most stupid and ridiculous way of becoming an actual epic and successful, well-renowned professional. And people are getting clued on right now. So if you try and go too early people will see you and know you as a charlatan. And that's good. You want, if, and people like I've, I had that person um, in, you know, who, when I was in that phase and I was kind of questioning myself, but I was still doubling down and sharing a few things about veganism, which was fine. But I've, I i was not like engaging in a conversation of like, I kind of think this is where it's at and this is the data and things. And this is what I'm sharing internally. It wasn't a real genuine sharing. Where I was, I was, I wanted to. I thought I had to stay on a pedestal and inspire these people who were reading it, right? And so I had this one guy who was like in Sydney. Anyone in the health scene knows him, old, you know, good old Pete, you know, who would um, kind of like I'd say trolling my stuff, but he's a, he's a, he's a, um, he's a kind of like you're going to see more and more of these people emerge in the balancing act of this community, where because we don't have maturity and a conversation around knowing your place, knowing how to not dangerously take up a pedestal where that 20% that you do influence are um, going to be taken down maybe um, a, a path that's going to be, mean an extra year or an extra two year of ideological um, you know, relating and being swept up or believe, perhaps believing a health rule for a long time. You know, there are consequences there. You, know, yeah. you woke newbie. And so I had this guy kind of like writing, you know, going like, you know, this, you know, this vegan stuff is ridiculous, you know, and I kind of saw it as trolling. I'm like, Mm how dare you? And then I came back with my propaganda, you know, kind of like retorts and and, and I'm I'm pretty good instinctually and I'm pretty good at debating instinctually. So I was good at these. But every time I'd come out, um, you know, he'd have chat. I've been running cacao parties and he'd come and like just rag on me for like how cacao is, you know, shouldn't be consumed. Children can't eat it. Poisonous to dogs. We shouldn't be consuming things that are like you know that that can't be eaten. You know, and I'd and I'd argue back about like, well, what about you know, what about the ancestral use of um you know of alcohol and so on and so forth? There is a place for that. You know, blah blah blah. Just a justification and just like a you know just stroking your own um you know your own justification of your position. But I'd come out and then all the other vegans would be jumping in there, going, "You tell him, Mason." And I'd, I'd be talking to a friend um who my girlfriend was living with and i'd be like man i just yeah i feel you know just like why why me why is he you know i would had friends telling you know telling me it's like well it's because you've just taken off and you've got this personality in your you know i was put i wasn't just sitting behind social media at the time i was in front of people doing workshops talking to 50 people and got there really quick and it's you can go yeah just jealous and blah 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 But I I never had that approach because there is always quite like, you know, maybe sometimes there's gonna be a narcissist and these people might still be narcissists, but it's not it's quite often there's gonna be some validity and feedback, but it's gonna most of the time be warranted in some way. And so you should drink that in and talk to my friend about it, and she'd be like, Look, he's sharpening your pencil. You know, you're gonna have to go and reflect upon yourself. And so I'd be disappointed that this guy was like someone who I just had no capacity to be around you know didn't have great people skills because i would have liked to have gone and learned from him but can't blame him that is the result of this crazy unregulated and immature approach we have to wellness and you're going to see more you know you'll see more of these people that are the trolls which are just the you know somewhat the regulators who have maybe a couple of decades behind them you know those kind of like whingy practitioners that bitch about all these people. And everyone's like, oh, they're just haters. And yeah, they are, but have some compassion because they're really performing a role. And what they throw at you, take it on if you actually want to like evolve in this world and you want to be regulated by this organism and community that you are in. You talk about community all the time. What that started cracking me out of, I go back to the four archetypes, was being in that head, that justification and or, you know, or just like, well, oh, I'm not good. I'm not good enough to, you know, to justify my, you know, way of being. And then you start thinking in other ways. you got the heart, you know, that, that place in you that's, you know, that's heart perception, which is sensory engaging, which is, is feeling. And so if you're in that space, obviously you're a lot softer if you're someone who's trying to debate solely from that place of logic. And so there needs to be that part of you that lets go of that you know wanting to win how do you do that sit down into your sensory organs right so all of a sudden that'll draw you into into the kitchen and that'll very quickly show you if you're a raw foodist that zucchini noodles with walnut sauce and tomato does not taste the same as a bolognese you can start and you can you know it's the same as going to like a health paleo cafe like oh my god this this place doesn't have an ounce of italian mama and so you can go in and it, you go into people who are like fitzbo people and you can walk into their house and you can feel how the kitchen is void of anything that engages your senses. Right. And for me, I started sinking into that and going, wow, I've got a whole new shade. And it, I'm not even taught, this isn't how I'm relating to all these principles that I've been developing different ways of thinking and approaching them because if I can, start doing that, all of a sudden I opened up and, you know, remembered that, you know, the styles of cooking that I discovered in say like Southeast Asia um, on country here in Australia or in Patagonia, you know, cooking asado in, um, in Argentina that they really in- engaged my heart in some way. And so if you can start moving on and knowing that you're not going to rest on your laurels and oh, right now I'm just like going to eat meat or now I'm just going to like cook for pleasure. So just keep on moving now you've got slipperiness and mobility, but you can actually start building conviction through your experience i like I love having conviction and I got a testosterone debate in me anytime but once I leave that environment i you know i, I it's water off a duck's back for me right you know and i and I'm hoping that I come out the other side of that having learned something and I generally gen generally but genuinely won't have charge based on attack of the way that i've lived because i've got the capacity if i get triggered to go well there's some fucking good work there for me to start looking into and so you can start feeling that heart energy come to the equation that'll quite that'll, that'll start softening the edges of your ideological logic and then you can sink down into into that lower dantian, just below um you know to the ganglia just just below your belly button then in you can all of a sudden that survival instinct and that uh, that that ancestral nature that's dedicated to keeping the genome going and passing along your um you know your bacterial profile and keeping you know keeping that alive through you know through your spawn, through the tribe. You know, there's there's that real grounded like this is where the, the conflict between like people who are extreme, like Western diet. You know come is, is out, and they 're just fully in it, and logically they 're cool and they 're numb you know they just think and then their instinct is like, dude, things are going to get really screwed if you don 't find some way out of living like this right there 's a conflict there that 's a little bit less charged because quite often people are just floppy white bread you know, and they can just ignore that instinct that 's what happens when you live in you know in, in like the, the civil life you know in mm-hmm. civilization. But the big, you know, when you're, in, when you're in a wellness cult, when you're in like full, you know, ketogenic, you know, bulletproof kind of like world or full veganism and you're there and you know, you've got all your arguments, but there's an instinct. that's just like, get out. You are decimating something. Mm. You are becoming boring. People don't want to be around you. Some people don't get out of that and they just maintain those people that want to talk about shock proteins at parties. Not that I don't want to be, like I like doing that. But if I want to change gear, not that it's they have to, I'd want to change gear. And if they don't and they can't and they just want to keep on talking about one thing, get, get away from me, mate. Like I'm so bored already just thinking about being near you at a party as what's like, you know, as imagine like that's your, the whole life. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend the whole time talking you about that kind of stuff. Come on, mate, have some color, have some flair. You know, that's like, that's what I'd be like. That's what I kind of like expect of, you know, my friends, not that it's up to them to do what I want, but my God, come on. You're not going to tell me life's not going to be richer if you do that. But that instinctual self, it's like dude, change or things are going to go wrong real bad. That's the, you know, people who are like keto or strong vegan, that ancestral like in your guts feeling and way of thinking if you drop in and you think from that place and you really feel from that place it will you know that's it'll get you out eating a hunk of meat or stopping smashing like a you know half a stick of butter in your coffee you know and challenging yourself in in that way and so the fourth way of thinking that emerges, you know, so we need those three to be communicating. Mm-hmm. We need to be slippery enough and, you know, have enough mobility and, and animation, chi to animate us to go between them. And we just need to be interesting enough to be able to go to those different shades. It's an inter- that's how to be interdimensional. Mm-hmm. And the fourth is that vagus nerve. So I got, I call it like, I call this the thinker, the, the lover you know, connect to your food, connect to others, like, mm, so good, you know, Um, the, you know, the the ancestor, right, the survivor, and then I got up coming up here, the celebrator, right, that's a part of you just wants to be, and maybe not think about health all the time, maybe Mm -hmm. not always have this logic, maybe not always be feeling of what the intention is behind me doing this, Maybe I just want to like kick back. And you see this guy come through a lot of time. How many times do you see people come out of their ideology and go, that's it. I'm just cutting loose. I'm forgetting it all. I'm going to go start going back to the pub. I'm going to start eating burgers and I'm going to start." And sometimes people stay there. You know what? I do whatever I want now. And that's pretty boring staying in that, that non-intentional celebrator place. But my God, it's good medicine. If you can start integrating that thinker and that person that's, having fun all of a sudden you can interplay the logic and the feeling and the connection and the ancestor and you can start experimenting about mm. the ratios that work for you when you cross a line of your ethics right and you can look out from these different ones when you've crossed a line you know from you know i've got this intent for extreme localization and then however this this desire to for you know for that like that longevity and that extreme harmonization so that i can shine right now my best option is something that doesn't go for that localization, but I'm going to pick a way that is kind of like, you know, maybe not going so industrial. And so you've gotten, you know, some emergence there and then, you know, that part of you, that's just like, you know, tapping into that ancestral nature. That's it. You know, like just eating like the, you know, like like the ancestors tribal life, you know, no booze, only food from the land, only native meats, only native greens and all that kind of stuff. That's like, that's all I do. All of a sudden you bring a little bit of celebration to that and you see you're in this wonderful civilization. You can cultivate some gratitude for it. Don't go too far from, you know, that intention and that connection that you have to that, you know, connecting to that ancestral way you're living, but allow yourself to be brought into the pure, you know, non-intended and just being, way of being that you can have fun and celebrate life. All of a sudden you're cooking with gas and you're engaged. You're no longer just sitting in like, I just eat what I want. I listen to my body. That's so beige. Um, Mm. Stop explaining yourself. Maybe stop using the word health. Maybe stop using any kind of remnants of a word for a while that describes the way you eat or just has a feeling or a tone of right and wrong. And just start exploring this landscape inside of yourself. Use different terminology. I don't care. Like I'm I'm not, as I said, I'm not creating a system here. I'm just kind of explaining what I've been observing and i think it'd be nice to kind of get it out there and stop pretending like we're experts because we've been through our own ideology and now we're on the other side and now we just i'm comfortable with eating what's right for my body just (laughs) you're, you're just pretending to be a teacher as well and i've been there as well and it's another trap so how about you just shut the fuck up for a while and just and actually cultivate a good good culture that emanates organically via osmosis to the people around you versus you having to think about how you're going to, you know, prove to everyone you're still going and you're still an expert and you're still on the edge through your Instagram (laughs) post. So that's where I'm at.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's so much linked to just this crazy world of social media too and how much, you know, depending on how big or small your following is, you still kind of have that aspect of like oh I have a platform like I am valid like someone at least you know a few people at least are going to see this and they're going to listen to me and then you know even if you're not a teacher like that mentality comes through and then you yeah like you said if you especially if you get like affirmations of that it just like will reaffirm that idea in your mind even though you might not even a hundred percent believe that on my, you know, you might change that belief tomorrow, mm. but then, yeah, you've been reaffirmed of that. So it like, I don't know, it's just such a weird world.
1: <laughs> it's a shallow career. It doesn't actually have um, too much depth. It's not a very safe place to be. And so I just, I want to like, I want to like, I, that's just, again, it's my opinion. And guys, I'm like, there's so much contradiction, which I'm trying to tighten up, but I'm sure like, you know, I haven't rewritten my bio in a while and I'm sure the one that, my PA will send to Chloe will have like health educator in there. So I'm not kind of like thinking my shit doesn't stink here. I'm just like, I, you know, I'm being raw and speaking my truth. But um, <laughs> I, I do, I, what I have found is that you want to walk that, you want to walk that path, you know, of, um, of, you know, being, you know, being a public, being a public figure, you need to get ready to be put through the ringer. And if you can't change your bio in a super, super significant way, because you think you're, you're scared of what and this will happen. it happens to me. And I'm sure you've been through it. You change your, you know, your brand in a way, and you think it's going to scare people off and you need to do it kind of carefully. Look, you I'm just going to say like, you know, you're, you're not that important yet. And you're not a, prof, you know, you're not that much of a professional, you know, yet. And, If you don't just start ripping band-aids off and integrating with parts of your, you know, yourself from the past and respecting them, you start getting over these eating disorders or these, you know, these spiritual ideological disorders that you have. It's going to the, the fishing line of, of your, your career path and your own health path is going to get more and more tangled and you'll get more and more boring. Start, ripping the bandaid off now and if you can start by trying to move away from just any explanation any explanation. believe me you do this long enough people start asking how you eat and what even if it remains exactly the same there's so many friends that it's the same before people like i put a post up about talk about veganism and you know this and that and people write i wouldn't eat meat if you paid me a million dollars and i'm like who the hell like has made you that offer what 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 makes you think i would ever want to make you eat meat you have, you're, you're so self-centered, right? And we've all been there. And if you're feeling, this is for like, I like the idea through using satire, you know, if you're listening to this as, and this is why I listen to things as well, that just get like, completely go against the grain of my belief system. There might be things just say like there's things you just like, well, don't agree with that. And, but you know, just water off a duck's back. You know, everyone knows that just like, cool. There's no charge there. It's just like, cool. Just don't agree with it. It doesn't matter but if you char- if you get charged up in in any in any sense you are walking on some real eggshells there with your identity and the cathartic experience if you don't work on that and start moving beyond that now maybe shedding that skin it's going to be hardcore and you might you know you might dig yourself in some holes that are going to take you a little longer to get out of if you just like rather than you just do it now but these people that read these posts and you know go into explanations about why carnivore is actually superior. And, you know, and Then, then you've got, you know, vegans going, actually, you know, if you, you should like read this and you'd never, you know, you'd never, you never, couldn't pay me a million dollars to eat meat. I'm like, no one, no one mature, you know, no one in their right mind would read that post and think it's about them and use it as a place to virtue signal, right? If you are one of these people, you are really, really bland. And the people you are hanging out with are encouraging your blandness and you're moving down a dogmatic road which will become crusty and make you very hard to be around as an 80-year-old and 90-year-old and that's going to be very sad. So start doing some better work now. Ask more quality questions. Start putting some more quality content out there that's going to genuinely reflect you being on a path of actual evolution that's what i reckon like mm-hmm. would be a nice thing to do
2: yeah and what i'm hearing for what you're saying too is just like that aspect of longevity too like you are in the back of your mind still having that like wow like i'm going to be an old person one day you know like there's so many different eras of your existence too and and to find something in a lifestyle and you know obviously that's going to ever change but qualities and like you say these different aspects that you can continue on for a long time because these people in these very like limited like how long do they think that they can be in that like at some point something's going to have to shift otherwise like yeah like you Mm. say it's just going to be like a certain kind of existence and whether you call that bland and you know it's just going to be you're not going to be open to other things that are going on and maybe opportunities, maybe relationships, maybe like other opportunities for job or, you know, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I think like Mm. kind of the basis of what we're talking about is just that openness and that, um, receptivity and that flexibility really, which will hopefully create more of that longevity in what you're doing. And, um, Mm.
1: You know, you, you you know, you're traveling, and you meet someone, and they're from a completely different community and an upbringing. You you have a conversation, and and you can right, you know, you feel you can bring your conviction because you've got experience. You bring your conviction, and you guys get into like a back and forth about what you think is appropriate and not. And you're back, you know, you know, eating like this way. You know, they're talking about global warming, and you go, yeah, no, I get that conversation, but like, what about you know? And you can go in and bat for what you've experienced and learned, but then. You know, and you can really get good at like having a dialectic or even a, you know, a nice debate with some friendly competition in there. But then that feeling when someone hits and, you, and they get you and you go, hmm, that mm-hmm. feeling where you can ease and not feel attacked in that moment and just go, wow, okay, no, there's, there's something genuinely, there, okay, I'm going to explore in that. There's mm-hmm. a nuance there to explore. That feeling is so beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: so liberating yeah and if you are denying yourself that then oh my gosh you just maybe that's just what you need to do for like a long time but i it's it's such a denial of of life that that's it's like one of the treasures you know that 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 allows the treasures in Taoism of jing Chi shen to to kind of like to you know percolate through in the spirit shen to percolate through them and find more virtuous ways of being. It's, it's moments like that. And chi finds new form and chi resonates with the way that, you know, that's moving through the universe in a particular way. And it can resonate in your body at that point, And you become, you know, a little bit more nuanced in yourself. That's how I relate to it anyway.
2: Yeah. As you were speaking that I was reflecting on a moment that I had, um, when I was in Peru actually. And like, I was just up in the, you know, high in the Andes, doing a lot of like ceremony work and stuff, and we do these like long day ceremonies. And at that point, I was still vegan, you know, trying to be vegan there, and like the, all the local guys and stuff that I was hanging out with and doing these ceremonies with were just like didn't didn't get it, like you know, and and obviously the local communities didn't didn't really get it either. And there was like these moments that I had um, of just like after a ceremony being like in this beautiful local family's house and they've made this incredible medicinal like chicken broth with like quinoa and all these, you know, local vegetables, potatoes that they've grown outside. And this beautiful woman's coming to serve you this broth. And it's like that moment is like, of course, you're going to say yes to that. Like, and it was just because I hadn't allowed myself to before that point, because I was so like, I do not eat meat, but it's, like, that experience, like you were saying, like, the beauty and all of the elements combined of, like, wow, like, this is a lovingly prepared meal for me and I'm never going to have this experience again either in this, like, local family's home, you know? So I think there's Mm -hmm. been some pivotal moments like that, like, especially, like we were saying, that come with travel and come with actually, like, getting out of your own fucking head, like, and just getting into reality of how people live. And, like, we all yeah like when when I feel I find I get most like inspiration from going to those more rural communities and you know just observing what they do and they all eat a bit of meat they all eat a bit of grains they all eat a bit of fruit and a bit of veg you know like it's like Mm. and and it just I think for me it's more like yeah observing that and observing like you know that yeah just that natural so and they they don't tend to Think about it too much either. It's like, oh, we're growing this and this is around, and you know, (laughs) like, and yeah. yeah.
1: It can get a lot more simple. And for us, because quite often what people, there'll be a number of ways of relating to that. And one will be like, is is what we're saying, just to always eat whatever. And you're boring if you don't. For you in that instance, some people might say, ah, so you, 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 you know, you went against your principles. Mm. and your values to do something. But for you, what you're saying was, no, in that next step of what's going on in the inner dialectic, I wanted to explore other principles. So in fact, I, was, I stopped denying something that I wanted to explore. There might be a time when you move and you've, you've explored, you know, you've gone and explored and you've gone out of your head and out of your ideological association with who you are and as an identity into, you know, this essence and, you know, this allowing your you know this culture to emerge where you have absolute conviction that you will not... You, you know, it's just like that chicken is just like... No, it's just a hard no without charge, mm-hmm. without emotion. And that's a beautiful thing as well. I love seeing people like that. They just know, but it's not, not charged. They're not better. And they don't mind having that difficult conversation and how it reflects. Yeah. So it does play out in many ways. But um, yeah, that, sounds, that broth sounds amazing.
2: <laughs> they make such good soups there. Like, you guys have been to Peru, haven't you too? They make such good... Mm broths and soups there
1: especially coming coming in from a journey yeah
2: anyway. <laughs> it's the best <laughs>
1: in the, <in> the appos <laughs> Getting quinoa chicken broth soup
2: oh, yeah 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 but like you say yeah there's a certain points and even after you know at this point i've like let go of you know calling myself vegan or calling myself anything but there's certain times where i am more vegan <laughs> again and you know a couple of weeks or a month or whatever like mm-hmm. oh yeah not really feeling like any you know eggs or meat or you know whatever else and it just yeah so I think I'm still personally quite like still I find like the beginning stages of rebalancing a lot of those Mm. dogmatic beliefs and it's like yes I'm practicing them within my life and I'm like making more of an effort to become more flexible in that sense but I feel like there's still I mean there's always continuing layers to to let go of and I think me too like as a young woman it's like there's always like the body image stuff and there's always the you know there's so many different aspects to it too like where that control and that dogma can come in because obviously at the heart of it like you do want to you know you want to feel good and you want to feel like you're in um like the weight and and the like just the glow and you know that whole sort of essence that you feel is is innately like represents you best you know and you know when you're not in that that space too so um yeah (laughs) don't know where i was going with that but that's just like a part of the process too that comes in for me because there, like you say there are so many of these different elements that that come into it but like you say it's it's really just catching yourself out too on on your own bullshit like when it comes in too strongly and um being able to laugh about it and um Mm not yeah just yeah.
1: not take it too seriously either that's good awareness i mean you're definitely you just yeah it's a, you've, you've emancipated and then you kind of like you have a break because the intensity's kind of gone of like about judging yourself and and then as you as you feel you just, you just continue to engage as you reflect back on something you came across a type of cuisine a type of style of cooking and engaging you know how to like an, an engagement in the kitchen something you know for me the only thing that you know in naturopathy there's only kind of like one thing that really inspired me which is like microbiome testing which spits out you know the current data being like a mediterranean diet I'm like okay cool that inspires me here we go i've got another pillow for the pillow, pillow for the temple there you know and so okay explore that where does that kind of fit in long term to the intent and you start just building some grounding and it's a nice feeling it's less rah rah not looking for attention it's a long build you know that first low-hanging fruit diet is like when you buy land and you're just high on the fact that you bought land and you're doing all these cool things and then then when you actually got to build a culture you're like oh shit there's a lot of principles of, of land management and and i've got to slowly kind of like learn them and you know build it up and you know create some real something that's going to actually nourish me and my family for for decades upon decades and so Yeah, you just slowly start looking at that. It's it's interesting going back and looking what you pooed and you denied, especially like things from your childhood, things that you engage with as a teenager when you're first traveling. You know, like for me, that was like, you know, I completely denied just how inspired I was by that, you know, guacho way of living, you know, in in Patagonia, like becoming an Argentinian cowboy. And now like I've slowly engaged engaged back with it. Do I want, is that going to dominate everything? It could have, but it's not, you know? but And then... And then that merging with that kind of the data around microbiome has been like a dominance of, um, you know, like they're saying like, you know, 60 plants or more, you know, a wide array of of starches. And, you know, they're talking about beans and all that kind of stuff. That's in stark contrast to my ancestral kind of intent. But yet I engage with it and I see the happy place, you know, in that sense, like meats are a little bit of a side dish and fats a little bit of a side dish if I try and engage that with like the Argentinian kind of diet where it's just mate and meat and some veg and some veggies on the side, you know, I just got to find that harmonious place and looking at looking for when there's kind of, I think I've finished here. I kind of feel this landing, find those most opposing ideas and those both opposing ideas, holding things that kind of feel dear to you or have a value to you kind of exciting to see where it could potentially fit in as you go over the next few decades and then hold them together continuously it might take an hour five minutes three years and find where the happy place where they dance together and you become very um it'll become very you know engaging internally if you can you know you can be like that and you become it's a very engaging way to live it's a very exciting way to live and um yeah i think i think that's Probably you know, probably like the the number one you know actual tool or skill I think is useful after you've gotten out of you know after you've emancipated,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just like, yeah, trust the never ending journey of it, <laughs> um I was curious to ask, like so obviously still you're kind of like super feast is a brand, but you are still represented as kind of the face of it, and obviously people do come to you. Um, or probably come to the products, the herbs, um, perhaps with like health issues, you know, diagnosed issues, say it's like PCOS or, um, Mm. I don't know, adrenal fatigue or however they've been diagnosed. Um, How do you personally kind of like balance that? Like when someone's asking like, will this help me with PCOS? Or like, what's the best herb for me in this sense? Like it, I know it kind of ties into what we were saying in the beginning about like kind of more of the westernized model of yeah. like uh, disease and cure, you know, it, like, uh, how do you happens. balance? Yeah, because I know that, and have seen that you do get a lot of those specific questions and that, like, I think mm. the way that you respond to them is interesting. So, yeah, I'd love to share a bit about yeah, that it, too. It
1: took me a long time to get over, you know, the, my need to save everyone and you know, not say, I don't know, but the Taoist herbalism is about either, you know, bringing harmony with an intent of prevention, potentiation, Um, ensuring that we stay in harmony. So we don't become a burden on, on nature, those around us don't become a drawer of resources, right. Become someone that can even, you know, tread even lighter on the earth. But we get questions. Hypothyroidism, PCOS, as you said, low libido, low estrogen, all these kinds of things. So we are trying to walk beside Western diagnosis without trying to put them over the top of each other. Oh, yeah, estrogen will mean that you're low in yin. You know, if you need more estrogen, you need more yin. So therefore, these, you know, like Romania, which is estrogen mimicking. That's not our system. That's not the way we talk. We come from the classical system. However, there are ways that the herbs can be used. First and foremost, the nature of anything clinical or that's got a Western diagnosis is, you know, we we don't have the want, you know, or the the capacity to, because you're not in front of us, to do pulse, tongue, um, you know, like looking at your your complexion, you know, 10,000 questions, so on and so forth. So... We 're not in positions a position to be working on symptoms, right but that's why um, what we do talk about is the way that tonic herbs are used clinically alongside treatment to ensure that the body is remaining strong so that it can it can heal now if it's a, if it's a small kind of symptom that's you know, lifestyle based we'll go what's the intent? Where's your energy at? Maybe move in this direction of gene, build your kidneys up. And along with your other lifestyle stuff, that'll get you going in the right direction. If we go somewhere like PCOS, we're like, who's your, who's your cracky? You know, who are you working with? Who's your practitioner? Are they aware that you're doing these things? Now, tonic herbs are going to good. You you know, unless you're very severe, you know, if we're looking at really severe symptoms, you know, which no one comes to us with you might be able to take a herb and it just throws you off and can do some damage. But that's not like, that's when you're really poisoned, really deficient or blocked. So even with PCOS, people can take them and it kind of works or it kind of doesn't a lot of the time. Right. So what we will say is that work with your practitioner, they will now more and more people are understanding adaptogens or if they're class, if they're classically driven, we tell them, what herbs, they'll say, what, like, what, can I, what kind of herbs can I just have in my diet generally to ensure that my body is strong and being supported to come back into harmony? They might tell you, just leave it for a while because we're doing some pretty extreme um, regular or inferior herbs that have slight amounts of poison. We just want to leave them completely to do their thing. Cool, you do that. Then after treatment in the convalescence rebuilding stage, then you might get on some blood-building herbs, women for the I am Gaia, Mason's Mushrooms, Get that immune system really strong again that's a lot, a lot of the time how it works um a lot of the time people are going to do it because they've done their research anyway so like with chemotherapy and radio we've kind of we don't we, we can't say we don't want to say like i literally can't i don't have the want. even if it was like no regulator i'd be like i don't know there's good data out there but i'm not a data-driven person and i don't know what chemo is just because i've seen 99 percent success rate I'm not going to stand here and make claims about mushrooms or my mushrooms or them in general. But people do their research and they want to take it. And In China, it's called fujang therapy where you take medicinal mushrooms and other tonic herbs in conjunction with these hardcore um, treatments that everyone says oh, it's chemo and and radiotherapy that, um, that kill people. No, it's not. It's the fact that they smash the marrow and the immune system and the jing of the body and then you're susceptible you're walking on eggshells, you catch something and you die. So mm. look in the right direction because if the chemo kills you, then you're very disempowered, right? If it's kind of, you look at like the data around food jung therapy, right? All of a sudden you have some, like clinically, you know, been shown that people are going to have less symptoms and this happens again and again and again and again and again, people on their own accord taking turkey, tail, shaga, reishi, or just all of the ones in Mason's. Um, mushrooms they come out with less symptoms right you know so they'll, they'll come out healthier they'll come out with an immune system and that's another way that tonic herbs get used and more and more practitioners are starting to understand that intention
2: yeah it sounds like it's yeah you're not like recommend uh, which i think is a lot um that's can be kind of wrong about the health and wellness industry is that that like this did this for you know this many people, so it's gonna do this for you too, you know. Like and mm. you know the yeah it's disease cure model, yeah, yeah, which you've is gotta, you've damaging. <laughs>
1: with yourself on that yeah. because you can go. You know what? Screw it. You know this is it's helped someone. You know we've had people take lion's mane two years after they've had a stroke and they'd lost their um their smell sense of smell and they took our lion's mane once and then their smell came back. Like that shit's wild. We're all crying yeah. in here. Um, and we get we get gnarly, gnarly, amazing feedback and testimonials. Um, and in the early days, you kind of you fight and you go, "It's that same energy of like, you know what? No, I this raw food diet helped me, and it's just it's good information. Just put it out there, right?" And so you're putting out there, taking smoothies and doing acai bowls. And you know, and you go to Bali and you absolutely decimate your spleen soil to the point where you've just got constant diarrhea you've cooled down your uterus beyond belief your hormones are whack you're an influencer you write to us or whoever else you're like what can can you help me i'm you know got this and that and this and that and that and i'm like get off the gram remove the golden hour filter and stop taking people down this path like that happens a lot. And so it's the same world. So if you're early on, just be very careful with what your intention is and just, just sit in your limitations. The limitations for me, tonic herbalism is about maintaining harmony in the body. So I'll sit there. It makes life simple. Now I'm, now I'm like, oh, great. Yes, I don't want to make one claim. It's a journey for discovering your own energy as well. Tonic herbalism. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, that worked. Oh my God, that really worked. It's not working anymore. Okay, change.
2: Mm, yeah, and I like that you you promote them from that place of like energy to, you know, like you've got your chi blend for, you know, and you, and from different like, um, mm. like organs and different aspects that it might help. But yeah, like mm. you say, it's, it's, yeah, it might, it might help for a couple of months and then you might need to <laughs> mix it up a bit. Or like, I, I like that you also promote, you know, giving things a rest too, because I think, there's obviously a lot of brands within like the capitalist model you want to get people like you know having their monthly orders and you know keep always having your your mason's mushrooms topped up or whatever but i mean for me personally with your products i've like if if it runs out i might like leave it a month or two and then i like get some get another blend or um Mm -hmm. you know like i've been taking them for a few years but it's been pretty much consistently but like trying different ones like trying the woman's blend and you know and then at certain times a couple of months it will just like I won't feel called to like make another order and then I will you know mm-hmm. so um it's just I like that you also share from that perspective too that it is um like you say it's more about that self-discovery and that intuitive process of um if you listen close enough you know you'll and and, and to how your body's responding to it too then yeah, you'll know when it might be time to take a break from that or try something a bit more subtle or whatever it is or or harder you know like double the dose or
1: eventually as you said the whole the if you follow the philosophy behind it it shows you it, it tells you you know more isn't necessarily better sometimes more is better you know they get, there's a lot of nuance and so people have to be engaged which is mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you've got to be engaged it's not good for it's not good to make a commodity but It's good for me to sleep at night. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And I think, yeah, you inspire and Superfeast inspires me in that way because it kind of, yeah, it does play with both of those worlds um, within the health and with also within the business. Like I feel like you are in that, I don't know, that beautiful kind of merging of like the East and West philosophies of business and health, (laughs) wellness. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The wellness world. Yeah. It's super fun. I really am enjoying it constant growth
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> so um i guess as we kind of like wrap up i'd love for you to just speak about i don't know right now what's going on for super because i know that i think i have a your newest blend on the way and um mm. yeah yeah tell me a bit about shen and um yeah anything else that's kind of coming up and
1: well the, the whole point of tonic herbalism is to ensure that the yin yang transformation cycles occurring you know <laughs> We're yin when it's yin, so we're down and down, you know, we're down sleeping when it's dark and we're up and active when it's bright and so on and so forth. And we go into seasonality through the organs, things are moving. The tonic herbs keep moving. When you stay in harmony long enough and you can cultivate your treasures, your jing essence, so sexual essence, ability to, you know, have, you know, keep charge in your, in your batteries and your kidneys so you don't degenerate, don't have like weak knees and bones when you get to 80 and dementia and all those things. Chi second treasure, ensure that you can actually create animation vitality and the ability to have mobility of thought, so on and so forth. And then Shen is the spirit of the heart fire organ system. And that is our ability to learn, gain wisdom, turn experiences into wisdom, have the ability to share that um, via osmosis in the way that we live. So we become more pleasant and virtuous, more multidimensional, you know, just kind of just and just someone just become one of those elders that has swagger, sense of humor, you know, just that, you know, just be rad and not be an asshole. So that's Shen. And so a lot of the Shen herbs and the Shen blend is it's bringing that intention, you know, that nourishing of that heart essence. So that, that you know, you know, they call Shen you know, the soul. The other side of it being the mind. So we calm the mind, so the mind can help bring through and reflect that spiritual nature of ourselves, that higher consciousness aspect of ourselves that really inspire us, you know, and bring those bring those through. Like this is all Shen energy, and so whether it's um, you know, psychological work that we're doing, you know, meditation, yogic practice. Taoist practices, just working along, reflecting on who we are as we go along so we become better and better. That's Shen. So you do the Shen herbs alongside that. Now, they're good for a broken heart, slight anxiousness. You can try them, but they're not treating anxiety or depression or anything like that. So monkey mind, any of that kind of stuff. You know, you bring Shen in and it can really bring this calm and steady nature and you can bring this oomph of your, um, you know, this this personality that you feel um, in alignment with that could be like pretty cool to be like that, to be rooted in being that way when you're an elder.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you cultivate, you obviously cultivated like within this year too. So was it like also in alignment with maybe, I don't know, the 2020 <laughs> intensity and, and that sort of, yeah, yeah underlying it's, anxiousness. Yeah,
1: always, <laughs> you're right. They always come through and we realize the community is ready for something um, you know, I sat on Jing for a couple of years and then it was at that point where everyone was ready. Not that I'm judging it in any way. You can just you can just get a sense of it. Things fall into place in Super Feast and boom, here it comes. And so, yeah, I've been taking Shen Herbs for a long time and I've been talking about building these other treasures for a long time where I felt everyone was ready for a new layer of it. it's deep shit. You know, you need to start really meditating on these treasures and realize it's not something that you're going to get, you know, in, in a couple of weeks. But it is always there. So it's not something you could get because it is there. But you're refining it and augmenting it so it can express and then you're tending the fire of these treasures. So you're not, you know, living unsustainably and flogging yourself so that you're, you know, leaking your gin. You have you know non potent cheese. So when you get to sixty, you actually don't have the energy to gain any more wisdom. You're just too tired. You can't <sighs> you can't reflect on yourself then. So you just sit in your crusty self and become perhaps someone that You know, in various degrees, projects upon your family and your community, and complains, and becomes someone that's not pleasant to be around. That's not a judgment. Just there's varying degrees, as I said. I'm not an idealist, but if you can do the best you can to ensure that you are not falling in, going to be falling into that pattern, and you can be a real light. You know, and a good, you know, yeah, and a good bit of darkness as well, because you know, it's all it's all in balance. But if you can just be like really rad, it'd be really nice to have lots more rad people. Yeah,
2: beautiful. (laughs) Well, yeah, thank you so much for this conversation too. It's been, um, yeah, it's been perfect timing too (laughs) for me. Yeah, and I think we've just explored so many rich topics that I'm sure a lot of people will resonate with. Um, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, obviously if they're drawn to like Madhameka and Superface, they're obviously like into this sort of, sort of stuff and have probably gone through this sort of internal battles around (laughs) health and wellness. And I'm really glad that we are kind of going to the deeper levels of what they mean, because it's like, when you hear those words, it's, it's like, they've kind of lost the essence to them too, because they're just like grown around like so it's like natural you know those um, (laughs) organic (laughs) yeah um so yeah i'm really happy that that we're we're able to like continue that conversation and it's it's one that i want to continue to have within myself and and with other people too and um Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm really grateful for everything that you shared today
1: yeah likewise thanks for you know creating the space where we could really explore that and share it i got a few new really nice key insights and you know ways of you know relating to and talking to these concepts which is you know this is why again so i'm like i I'm, i don't consider myself in any way of teacher of of this um you know i'm still just i'm so i'm still so in the process so it's it's nice to have these you know cool places where we can flesh things out
2: mm-hmm. i'm sure we can like we'd revisit it in a year and it'd be <laughs> different too <laughs> maybe you'll be a full-blown comedian by next year, you're already, like, starting the journey.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind being, you know, a little bit of a, a dual, having a dual career. I'm going further down into the, you know, philosophical teachings of tonic herbalism and that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, people go to my personal Instagram, Mason J. Taylor. Don't expect this tone all of the time, you know, and just kind of like, just kind of cracking my own, you know, my own rustiness that I developed in, in my time in the wellness scene by doing some characters and taking the piss out of myself and taking the piss out of twin flames and mm-hmm. you know, like you'll, you'll, you'll definitely, um, you know, you'll see some edgy things, but you know, I spent so much time in the the wellness clique and still am. I don't have resentment or anger towards it. These are my friends and aspects of myself. I just find it funny. And um, so, yeah, you'll definitely don't, don't have expectations. Just go there. <laughs> have a chuckle.
2: But your twin flame, she's off Instagram now. So you can't be the, a uh,
1: conscious couple embodiment yeah, well, you know, she was never dedicated to the cause she's never you know if you're going to be a twin flame you know you need to tell as many people about it as possible well, the best thing is about when you've got a twin flame relationship and in sincerity you know Tans and I had experiences in the beginning which I know you know it brings you this, this, this special feeling that you found a special one and you fit and you know, we've had you know visions where we you know like we've been sitting there together and seeing the same thing of who we are universally from different perspectives so i know what we're talking about in in terms of a twin flame but the thing she doesn't realize that if she's not online talking about being a twin flame and having soul contracts and being cosmically connected we're not going to be able to use that as a justification for not doing what everyone else has always had to do and do some serious deep digging in our psychological work and dig our heels in in our dedication of growing in a severe and beautiful manner and so now i can't rest on my laurels as much of my twin flame and just keep on like you know suckling at the teat of our sage persona so that i can you know just like continue patting my ego on the back and then getting confused and resentful to tani when the you know the relationship isn't just automatically perfect and getting resentful towards the universe because it it tricked me. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, she's very. She's let me down there. and I'll mm-hmm. consider pulling off the wedding, but no, I mm-hmm. won't. Because then I'm scared. Because then if people will see me. You know, tapping out of my twin flame relationship. I'd never do that. I'm just going to like continue to hold space for her in the journey that she's going through.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just try. It really is all part of the journey. She's probably done it so that you can get to that next phase of evolution within your own journey too, or maybe. Yeah, there's just some aspects that you need to explore like within yourself as a persona online, you know, and just be strong in that. I prefer
1: just to project upon her for the moment, way easier.
2: (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much for this. And um, yeah, yeah, excited to put it out.
1: Yeah, me too. It's been really good to catch up with you.